I know, you know, Halloween, it's going to be a lot of festivities going on. Um, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting, it's getting colder in most places. I got my fireplace on. I'm ready. I'm set. Boy, so big week, big weekend, excuse me, big weekend of some NFL games. We got a lot to dive into and touch into. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. But we got a lot to get into. Um, Trevor Lawrence, some football games, my top 10, my week 8 predictions, a little bit of everything. Woo! We're going to get it started. Let's get it go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the IKP. I'm going to let this rock for a little bit. I hope everybody out there is doing fine, doing well, staying healthy. It's flu season. COVID is still out. a little bit, let it rock a little bit, okay, so, okay guys, welcome back to another episode of the IKP, I'm your humble and highly favored host, Isaiah Kitt, okay, so, and let's just start, you know, uh, I, I, I want to touch some bases a little bit, but let's just start with Baltimore in the Pittsburgh Steelers and Lamar Jackson. And I think, you know, this very well may be the best rivalry in football. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. I, and, 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 and let me break it down. With the combination of the story backgrounds and, and, the implica- and usually the implications of, these, of this rivalry, Steelers and Ravens, because they, they, they have played each other on a mo- on, on on multiple occasions in AFC championship games, in playoff games, they have seen each other in the postseason. And I don't want to make this long a little bit. I don't want to make this too long because I want to talk about Lamar mostly, mainly. But Pittsburgh, I mean, because I talked about, and I know some of you guys will probably say, what about the NFC East? Well, the NFC East, um, it used to be that. It used to be, it used to have, those, those NFC East division games used to have a lot of implications. But in recent history, it hasn't. And right now, we all know how how bad it is. Right now, it's it, it's not a great it's not a great division right now. Um, but and maybe in, in the second closest, like the closest thing to Pittsburgh and Baltimore, maybe is maybe Seattle and San Francisco, especially when Seattle had the Legion of Boom. Um, and San Francisco had Jim Hallball and that defense and, and, and Colin Kaepernick because they were they were seeing each other in NFC Championship games. Those games would be highly competitive, a lot of stakes, high stakes. But just, I just threw that out there because Pittsburgh story background, um, Baltimore, Baltimore, they're they're, they're a much younger team. Um, and they haven't been in the league that long compared to Pittsburgh or compared to any, you know, compared to some other teams or most teams rather. But they've had they've had great success. Pittsburgh, I mean, Baltimore has been a really competitive and quite frankly, a Super Bowl contending franchise since they entered the league. But that's just a just a little point I wanted to throw out there. But I do want to get to my main point is this about Lamar Jackson. And I've been talking, and I know it, it, it probably sounds cliche a little bit now, guys, because I've been talking about this Baltimore and Lamar Jackson and the passing attack. I've been talking about it a lot, quite, you know, I've been talking about it a lot. But now, now is the time. Now is the time. Uh, this Sunday, Lamar has, uh, it, it, this is a big game. It almost I don't want to I don't want to put it like this um because I feel like that's I mean it's a regular season game but some it's a lot of like once like once again 
It's a lot of implications coming into this game. And I, 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 it feels like a legacy game for Lamar. It feels like a legacy game because, like, Lamar, he's done a lot of great stuff. Lamar Jackson's done a lot of great stuff. Um, he, he, he won MVP last year, unanimous MVP. Um, he had a, a, record, a record-breaking season last year as a quarterback. Um, he's 24-4 and four in, the regular, in the regular season as a starter. So he wins a lot of games, but... He hasn't been able. To, he, he he hasn't first. He hasn't been able to beat. He hasn't he hasn't been able to win in the playoffs. That's the first part. But then it's also the factor of he can't beat Kansas City, and he don't know how to play from behind. He can't play from behind, and some of that is in part to Lamar Jackson and his throwing ability. Now, yes, um, he he has come a long way. As a thrower of the football. He has. He's come. He, he's come a long way. As a thrower of the football. Um, but he still struggles. With passing. Outside of the numbers. Outside the numbers. He still has a hard time. Completing passes. Outside the numbers. And. You, you got to be able to, if you want to, if you want to win playoff games, if you want to have postseason success, you got to make those tough and contested sideline throws. You got, you got to be able to do that. And you got to be able to, you, you, you have to be able to win in multiple ways. You have to be able to win multiple ways. And we all know right now that that has been, that has been, that has been the lingering struggling factor with Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. When they get behind, when they start trailing, and they have to throw the football, they haven't been able to win. They haven't had much success. That's well documented. Haven't had much, haven't had much success. Um, and this feels like a big game. This, this is a big game. Um, Baltimore is 5-1. Pittsburgh is 6-0. If Baltimore wins this game... They're tied with Pittsburgh, not only for the AFC North, but also, you know, trying to get that one seed. Now, Kansas City beat Baltimore, so, you know, Kansas City will have the upper hand at this at the moment. But still, you're trying to fight for the number one seed. And winning this football game this Sunday will go a long way to doing that. Um... And I think Lamar, like I said, I think he's good. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm being harsh. But we have to question ourselves. It, it, like, if Lamar Jackson loses this game, and we st- when, we, when we see the same struggles of him completing passes, completing a high number of passes um, outside the numbers, if, you know, if Baltimore starts to trail and he can't come back, if it's that same story, what what is what is Monday morning going to sound like all across sports media? What are we going to be saying about Lamar Jackson? Because his last two big games, the the games that I would consider big, uh, and that's 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 Kansas City on Monday night, week three uh, of this year. And then it's the Tennessee playoff game. That that was that, that, no, those have been his big games. And I mean, and you 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 can count his first playoff game versus the Chargers. But let's just do Tennessee and Kansas City because Kansas, you know, going into that Tennessee game, Baltimore was hot. They had the best record in the league. They were the highest team in the league. They look they look they 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 look really destined to meet up with Kansas City AFC Championship game. But it did not happen. What are we gonna be saying about Lamar? What are we what are we gonna be saying about Lamar? Because his last three games, Lamar has failed to read his last three games. He's been under 200 passing yards. 
in Baltimore as a passing attack, they're at the bottom of the league. I think they're ranked 29th. I think they have the 29th ranked passing attack. They're at the bottom of the league. It's somewhere around there. They're at the bottom, but the point is, they're at the bottom of the league with throwing the football in their passing attack. And Lamar, quite frankly, you know, Baltimore is a really good team. But we're going to see, not just with Lamar, but we're going to see how good this Ravens team is. Because, yes, like I said, after the Kansas City loss, they kind of have flown under the radar. And most, we started talking about Kansas City and Pittsburgh and Tennessee. But Baltimore has just flown under the radar. But we're going to really see how good this Baltimore Ravens team is. And I think they're really good. I think they're, I think they're really good. Uh, and this will be a great test. This will be a great test for Lamar and Baltimore. And I think there's going to be, a after this game, depending on how it ends, there's going to be a narrative out on Lamar. Hell, there's already people asking, who, who would you rather take? Who would you build around, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson? And I'm really big on Kyler Murray. And I know it, it's, it's kind of recency bias because... Kyler Murray had a big game last week versus Seattle prime time, and Lamar hasn't looked he hasn't looked as dominant as he as he did last year. But that says a lot when people are already having these questions and having having these talks and these debates and these conversations of not not just not Patrick Mahomes anymore, but Kyler Murray says a lot. So um. We will see, I, but I, you know, I, I think Lamar big game. I think this is a big legacy game for Lamar in Baltimore. For now, for now, for now, for now. Because just look at—I mean, if you, if, you th- if you think I'm reaching, if, if you think I'm reaching when I say a legacy game, just look at the implications at this game. If Baltimore loses and Lamar, like I said, Lamar just struggles, you know, the passing attack just is not there. It's not clicking. If he struggles, would it, would, across the national, across sports media, what is going to be the narrative? Lamar can't win the big game. Lamar can't, you know, he's not living up to his MVP standards. You know, they can't figure out the passing attack. Baltimore, they're too one-sided. They can't throw the football. Baltimore isn't a real Super Bowl contender. That's going to be the narrative. That's what you're going to hear. Depending on how this game goes on Sunday, that is what you're going to hear. And I think that's what makes it a, I think that's what makes it a big legacy game for right now. For right now. That's what makes it a big legacy game. And this is Lamar's, and actually, believe it or not, I, I think I said this already, I'm not sure, but this is Lamar's first time playing against Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and Lamar has been really successful in division games, you know, Cle- you know, versus Cleveland, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh. I think he's like 9-1. I think he's like 9-1. So he's been, he's been really successful He's been really successful versus Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cincinnati, the AFC North. Um, and I and and some and some of that is due to you know Cincinnati's you know bad rosters, and Browns dysfunctional. But Pittsburgh, think about this. But Pittsburgh, mainly Pittsburgh, think about this though, because Pittsburgh they look like a Super Bowl they look like a Super Bowl contender now that Ben's healthy and their defense is you know. It, it has always been, you know, pretty good. They look, they, look like, they look like a Super Bowl contender. But think about this. This is the first time Lamar is playing against a, still, a, a fully equipped Stiller team. Because if you think about it, um, the Stillers, they're, they're, the Stillers, the Stillers, um, 
They they had the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell departure. A, but what about a year and a half ago? About two about a year and a half or two years ago, they had the they had the Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell departure in that saga. With you know whatever you want to make that out to be, um, and then you look at Ben Roethlisberger was wasn't healthy last year, so Ben wasn't healthy last year. The Steelers had that whole Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown saga and drama, you know that soap opera. They had that going on, but now this is a Steeler team that's six and zero. They're coming off their high horse. They, they, they beat an undefeated Tennessee Titans team. And yeah, Roethlisberger did not play the best. Um, I think I think this is a I think also this is a big week for Roethlisberger too because it, it I think I'm gonna talk about that more. But I think it's a big week for Roethlisberger as well. Um, but I think I think Lamar I think it's a I think it's a lot more pressure on Lamar. But it's a big game for Roethlisberger. But the main point is, Lamar, this is the first time that he's playing a fully equipped Stiller team. And I, I just want to see what he does. I want to see what he does because this is the first time he's playing a fully healthy, fully focused, fully equipped Stillers team. And this is also a big game with a lot of implications. And, you know, we're wondering... People in the media questioning, is Lamar, can Lamar win big games? Is he going to show up in big games? That's the question. I'm going to give you guys my top 10 teams of the week going into week eight. My top 10 teams um, going into week eight. I feel, I, I feel really good about this list that I put together this week. Um, I think this might be my one of my best lists. I feel confident about this one. Okay, so as I stated, um, top 10 teams of the week or top 10, rather, I should say, top 10 teams going into week eight, um, these week eight matchups. Um, I feel pretty good about this top 10 list. Uh, yeah, so, it, it, you know, it's going to be an interesting game, interesting weekend. But, okay, let's start at 10. At the at ten, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, so with Kyler Murray, he's playing some phenomenal phenomenal football right now. Um, I think he has thirteen touchdowns on the year. I think he has what six rushing touchdowns so far. He, I mean, or, or what, like five? So he's been balling out of his mind. Um, and I know a lot of people are high in the Arizona Cardinals. They're coming off with two big time. Primetime wins versus Dallas and Seattle. Both defenses aren't the defenses aren't the greatest. Um, I do worry about with Arizona their consistency. They're they're they're, they're too inconsistent for me. But they they look a pretty good team. Um, they look they can they can sneak into the playoffs. I got the Cardinals at ten. Um, at nine, the Rams. The Rams at nine. Ooh, the Rams at nine. Um, defensively, they are underrated. Uh, versus Chicago, that Monday night game, I t- that Monday night game was proof in the pudding. It it showed what Chicago was lacking. Um, it, it, it exposed Chicago a little bit. But with the Rams, it, it just shows it just shows once again how good of a coach Sean McVay is. Sean McVay is a great coach. Um, Sean McVay, he just completely outcoached Nagy. He completely outcoached Mac Nagy. Um, McVay, and that's one thing I can say. And it, seems, it may sound cliche, but the Rams and McVay, they play to their strengths. They don't get outside of their comfort zone or their strengths. And with Mac Nagy on the other side, on the other sideline, he didn't know. He didn't know. He didn't know his. He didn't know his team's strength. He didn't know what his teams were good at. He didn't recognize that. Um, so golf is playing well. McVay. He's just showing why he's one of the better young coaches in football. One of the better coaches in football. Period. Not even young coaches. One of the better coaches. Period. He's been doing this consistently. Um, so Rams at nine. Um, at eight, the Bills. I, I, I like this Buffalo team. I've been up and I've been up and down on this team so far this year. 
Um, and it's mainly because of the defense. I'm not too worried about Josh Allen. I know he can be a loose cannon at times, but I, I, I like Josh Allen. I think that's the least of their problems. I think the flip side is their defense. Their defense can't stop the run. Um, their front seven, which was pretty good last year, it, 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 it's, it's, it's taking a drop off. It's dropped off. So I, I think the reason why I'm not so high on this team like I was uh, like a month ago, their defense. Um, their defense, you can run on their defense. It's had injuries. Um, and the way how they've won, I mean, these games have been ugly the last few weeks for them. Hopefully they can bounce back with New England. I'm going to talk about that with my predictions. But I have Buffalo at 8. Um, at 7, the Seattle Seahawks. I think they depend on Russell Wilson too much. They literally, and I, I think I talked about this early in the week. But they literally depend on, Rus- on Russell Wilson to do every single day. I, I mean, the moment he has a couple turnovers... They Seattle just look loose. They just look lost. And I'm glad they went out and got Carlos Dunlop because they were missing a pass rush. They can't generate no type of pass rush. You know, I know Russ, he's been hot. Everybody wants to talk about Russ, MVP. I think I still think Russ is the front runner for MVP right now at this moment. Um, just given the circumstances, but this Seattle defense must get better. Um, they're gonna make the playoffs, but this Seattle defense is going to be the determining factor whether or not or how far this Seahawks team go. Because we know Russ can take you there. But you need your defense to generate some type of pass rush. And too often, quarterbacks aren't uncomfortable playing against Seattle. Seattle don't make quarterbacks uncomfortable. Um, and I think that's a problem. And, you know, hopefully Carlos, hopefully Carlos Dunlap can help that. Um, hopefully they get Jamal Adams back soon, but this Seattle, this Seattle defense, it's, 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 it's on, it's in route to giving up a record amount of yards. They're, 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 they're in route to giving up a record amount of yards. So I just think that's a little bit unacceptable. The secondary, Pete Kerr got to show that up, but I got Seattle at seven. At six, the Ravens. Now, I think this is a really talented team. Um, it, it, depending on what happens next, but depending on what happens this weekend, the Ravens could easily be in my top five, top four, because I think they're that good. I think they're that good, but they've kind of flown under the radar. Like I said in the previous segment, they, they, they gone under the radar because of the Chiefs loss, but this is a really good football team and they could really win back a lot of people if they win this football game versus the Steelers on Sunday. They can win back a lot of people, um, people a little down on Lamar, and rightfully so. I mean, rightfully so. This is, I mean, passing yards per game, the, the Ravens are ranked 31st. That's just not good enough. Um, they have to, they know that identity, but they're going to have to expand and expound on this passing attack if they want any chance of winning the Super Bowl or getting that far. Um... At five, the Tennessee Titans. I like this Tennessee Titans team. Um, it, it, it's, so this is this is the thing. Ryan Tannehill is a totally different quarterback. Since taking over, he is fourteen and five as the starter. Fourteen and five as the starter since taking over. So it, it just shows you the flip side of how bad Adam Gase is as a coach. But then Mike Vrabel and this Titans culture. Um, Derrick Henry's leading the league in rushing yards. That's, that, you know, that's that's no surprise. You guys could probably guess that. Now, the one thing with this Tennessee defense that I'm, or the Tennessee team, is their defense. Their third down defense is atrocious. You got to be able to get teams off the field on third down. And some of that, most most of that is due to the lack of pass rush. Similar to Seattle, Tennessee can't get enough pass rush. They don't generate enough pressure in the pocket. So I think they have to shore that up. But Tennessee, they're a really good football team. At four, the Packers. I like the Packers. Um, I think at times they can be pushed around a little bit. I think at times they can be a little soft. I think at times 
when things are not going right, when things are not clicking, I think Aaron Rodgers gets a little bit uncomfortable. But when they're clicking, they're clicking. When they're clicking on both on both sides of the football, they look like a really good, a really, really good football team. And they're practically unstoppable on offense when they're clicking. And once again, the problem is with the Packers is I see them get pushed around a little too much. For my liking, I, I see them get pushed around a little too much up front. That was the problem last year. They got physically outmanned last year. And you look at their losses, or if you look at their one loss this year so far, Tampa Bay just outmanned Green Bay. But, and also, I think Green Bay, they need to go out and trade for Will Fuller. Get Aaron Rodgers a second option. Because we don't know how, I mean, what's, what's the timetable on Adam and, and, on, and on, on Lazar? Because you got to be able to get the, you got to be able to give Aaron Rodgers a second option. It's 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 so easy to just bracket Devontae Adams, give Aaron Rodgers a, se- a second option, so the Packers could make they could, they, so they could possibly try to make a Super Bowl run. Okay, so at three, Packers at four. At three, I have Tampa. I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. I think they're the most complete team in the in the, in the NFC. The most complete team in the NFC. Their offense is clicking now. Their defense has been solid and has been really good throughout the year. You cannot run the football on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Once again, you cannot run the football on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are a great run-stopping team. And Todd Bowles is developing this young secondary. They got some they, they got some really solid players. In their secondary, albeit they're young, but they have some really talented players in the secondary. Um, and get this. Offense is clicking. Everybody's talking about Brady. Everybody's talking about the weapons and the receivers. But Ronald Jones is a top five rusher in football. So that so the offense clicking and finding his rhythm. Some of that goes to the running back, too, because they're, they're, they're running the football well, too. When you run the football well, that opens up some passing lanes. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay at three, though, the most complete team in the NFC. Um, at two, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I do like the fact that they are relying less on Patrick Mahomes to be Superman. Unlike Seattle. Seattle is relying on Russell Wilson to be Superman every single week. I mean, literally. They're, 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 they're depending on him to be Superman. On the flip side, Kansas City is not. Kansas City, they are allowing to Patrick they are allowing Patrick Mahomes to be still, not be too aggressive, don't have to pull the trigger as much, don't have to take as many chances. And it shows he's efficient this year. He has one interception to 16 touchdowns. So they're relying less on Patrick Mahomes. They like last week they had uh, three. I think they had two defensive scores, a special team score. They're running the football pretty well. It's good to see Kansas City winning without Mahomes having to be Superman. But also, I think I think an improvement, just a slight improvement, not much to complain about with Kansas City. Their run stop, they got their rush defense. They got to be. I, I want to see them consistently stop the run, but it's not much to complain about with this Kansas City team. They added Le'Veon Bell, so they're gonna be. They're, they're only gonna get better. Um, they're only gonna get better. And then at one. I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry for the pause. But at one, I have Pittsburgh. I have Pittsburgh. At the top of my list, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they're, they're, they're the only undefeated team in the league. That I got to give them respect for that. They're the only undefeated team in the league. Um, offensively and defensively. If you look at their roster, not many holes. There's not many, there's not many holes in their roster. Offense and defense. Ben is playing okay. He didn't have the best week. And you cut the music. He didn't have the best week, but Ben is starting to... He's, he's trying to click it. He's One thing I can say is he's not holding on to the ball as long as he used to. 
Um, it's a lot of quick stuff. It's a lot of quick reads, RPO. So he's getting the ball out quicker, but still kind of loose with it. He's still kind of a loose cannon at times. But Pittsburgh defense, Pittsburgh defense, they're number one in yards per game. So they give up the fewest yards per game defensively, and they're second behind Tampa Bay in rush defense. So you can't run the football on them, and they're giving up the fewest yards per game in the league. So that speaks to how dominant their defense is. And once again, a young, similar to Tampa Bay, a young and emerging secondary that they have. Um, and Joe, Hay- Joe Hayden is like the only veteran. And Minka Fitzpatrick, he is a baller. But a young emerging secondary with a really strong front seven that I really like. Um, and that's why I have Pittsburgh at one. They're 6-0. They're undefeated. And Like I said, this is privy to change. It, it, like this list, I mean, so far this year, last year the list didn't really change as much. This year, my top 10 list has varied, and it's been flipped, and at times, you know. So it, 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 Pittsburgh, they, they, they're they at one this week. Pittsburgh next week could be at five. Uh, it, it, it vary. It could it, it could it could vary. Um, but going into week eight, I think going into week eight, looking at week eight, I think Pittsburgh. I think it's safe to say Pittsburgh has looked like the best team in football, undefeated. Um, defense, offense, not many holes in their roster. Ben is healthy. Ben is getting out the ball quicker. He's not holding on to the ball. I think it's safe to say Pittsburgh is. Number one, wouldn't be mad if you tried to argue Kansas City. Um, I just think Kansas City, I want to see them stop the run a little bit more, but not much to play not not much to complain about with Kansas City. They're pretty good too. They are pretty good and they'll be fine. Um so I I'm I'm gonna shift gears to uh Trevor Lawrence a little bit and then I'm gonna give my predictions. But I'm gonna shift gears to Trevor Lawrence. I think this Trevor Lawrence story is a bit interesting. Okay, so Trevor Lawrence, like I said, he's made some um and it's not I mean, he he didn't do it himself like purposely. But he's been in the news this week a lot and it you know, concerning first he uh tested positive for COVID-19. So I hope he has a speedy recovery. I wish him the best, you know, with that recovery. Um wish him well. That's first and foremost. But um also so there is the uh, you know the media blew up. He I, in my, he gave a very vague answer. I'm gonna play the clip, but you know, there's the discussion that he could possibly come back to Clemson um, to stay away from the bad teams in the draft. Um, I'm gonna play the clip and then I'm gonna react to it. To see how things unfold, uh, I think there's a lot of factors in that, but not really focusing on next year whether. You know, I leave or stay, whatever. Obviously, I have the option to do either one. Kind of my mindset's been that I'm going to move on, but who knows? There's a lot of things that could happen. Um, so it's really focused on this year, not trying to look ahead, not trying to worry about that. Obviously, I can't control it. Uh, we'll see how it all unfolds. Okay, so um, the sports world went crazy after that because they're suggesting, oh, he kept the door open for coming back to Clemson. He's keeping the door open to coming back for Clemson coming back to Clemson for college, coming back to college for one more year. And um, that is, that that's not happening. Okay. He's not going to, he's not going back to Clemson after this year. Trevor Lawrence is going to declare for the draft this year. Um, first, I know. So, and I was thinking about this because should he stay away from the Jets? Should he, because the, the Jets, they're front runners to land him. They're 0-7. Um, I'm not even sure if the Jets are going to win a game. That's how bad they look. Uh, they do nothing well. Offensively, defensively, special teams, the Jets do absolutely nothing well. So I, I, I don't know if they'll win a game or not this year. But, but Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Um, he checks all the boxes, like he checks all the boxes of what you want. And um 
this is like this is a camp. You like you you don't you don't have you, you usually don't have these guys coming out every year. You don't get an Andrew Luck. You don't get a Trevor Lawrence coming out every single year in college football. It, it usually takes about every usually about every five to eight years, maybe every five, maybe five to eight years, maybe ten, where you get one of these guys, one of these type of prospects like Andrew Luck. And, and Trevor Lawrence, where they just check all the boxes that you want and that you need with a franchise quarterback. And let me tell you this, and I know we've seen it happen. We've seen we've seen high draft pick, you know, especially at the quarterback position, and in different sports. But I'm gonna stick with football. We've seen quarterbacks like Peyton Man. I mean, not Peyton, but his brother Eli Manning, um, John Elway. If you're not, if you're not, you know, if you, you're not, if you can't remember the Eli Manning situation, Eli went number one overall. He went to the Chargers, the San Diego Chargers at the time, and he didn't want to play for the Chargers. Requested a trade, got traded to the Giants. Philip Rivers got sent to the Chargers with uh El- with Elway. Elway didn't want to go to the Baltimore Colts. Baltimore Colts drafted him. He got traded to Denver Broncos. So we've seen we've seen instances of this, um, and for those you know for Elway and Eli, it worked out pretty well. I mean, Eli won two Super Bowl championships. Uh, Elway got to five Super Bowls and won two of those. So okay, you know, it worked out pretty well. But in this case right here, and I'm a, I'm gonna admit I'm gonna admit it because I was at first when I was thinking about this situation with Trevor Lawrence. I was thinking maybe he should go back to college. But then he's a junior now. Right now he's a junior. He's graduating this year. And get this. He's probably like what is what is the what are the benefits? What does he have to prove? What's left? Of him going back to school. If he goes back to Clemson next year again for his senior year, what's next? What's left to prove? He's a, he's the number one prospect. He's the number one quarterback. He's going to be the number one pick. He's won a national championship. He's done he's done all you can do at the college at the college level. Why would he go back? Because it, it's no way to avoid these bad teams. I mean, if you avoid the Jets, you're going to end up on the Giants. If you avoid the Giants, I mean, it's, it's the Jaguars. There's going to be bad teams. That's what that's what the draft is about. That's why there's a draft, because there's bad teams. There's re- this, It's a reason why the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars and, and, and the, you know, it's a reason why those teams are going to be picking so high. Because they are so bad and they need somebody of Trevor Lawrence caliber. They need his services. They need his services. They, they, they need his services. So, it, first, that, that response, I don't know why we're reading into Like, I don't know why certain people are reading into that. Like, that was a very vague response. And, I, and, I, and when I say vague, or uh, when I say vague, I mean it in a positive way. That was a that was a mature athlete that was giving a response, uh, you know, keeping the door open. That's what that's what all of them say. Keeping the door open, keeping my options open. I still got a season left. Play out the season, we'll see what happens. And most times than not, they end up declaring for the draft. Okay, like th- this 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 is how it works. So we need to stop reading into that. Like that's nothing. That's that was a vague. That was a plain, dry response. And that was good on his behalf. He wasn't trying to make headlines. wasn't trying to do anything of that of that nature or sort. But there's no way to 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 try to run from the jet. Like, and first, I think the I think it's I think it's being totally overblown on how bad the Jets situation is because even I had even I thought the Jets. At at first thought, I was like. Maybe Lawrence should stay away from the Jets. Maybe he should stay away from the Jets, go back to school, do something. Maybe or or you know say you know say he's not playing or say he you know he or, or request a trade. I was I, I was thinking maybe he should stay away from the Jets, but I gave him some I give him some thought and I'm like, no no the Jets are they they're bad right now. 
they're not a good football team right now. Um, and I think some of that has to do with Adam Gase. But this is not a bad football team that the Jets... They're not a bad... This is... This is working in progress. This is a work in progress. And here it goes. And here it goes. The Jets have a boatload of, tr- uh, of picks. They, they, they have a boatload of picks to play with. They have nothing but salary cap money. They have, no- they have nothing but money in this salary cap. So, and also, they're going to have to trade Sam Darnold. So that's going to be picks on top of picks. They in their in their GM has won two Super Bowls. So yes, Adam Gase. He I think Adam Gase. He's not gonna make it. Adam Gase is gonna be fired, and I think the Jets will have a new head coach. But their GM has won two Super Bowls. He knows what it takes to build a Super Bowl roster, um, or a, a quality roster. Not I don't I don't want to say Super Bowl roster, but looking at the Jets situation, but. He knows what it takes. He, I mean, he's won two Super Bowls, but I think he he's going to be able to build a quality roster. Look at look at what the Jets have. They have an abundance of picks. When they trade Darnold, they're going to get more picks, and then they have nothing but salary gap money. So I think I think somewhat to I think to some degree, the the Jets situation is being is being overblown, and also. In this year's in 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 the previous in this past draft, the the Jets drafted they drafted a left tackle, a really good left tackle. So they that's you know they have some corn they have some of some cornerstone pieces that they're gonna keep, but they have nothing but picks. When they trade Sam Donald, that's gonna be that's gonna calculate and add up to more picks. And then they have a, a Super Bowl winning GM. I think they're gonna fire Adam Gase, and they drafted a left tackle on the in this past draft. And also, okay, he 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 tries to escape the Jets. There, like, say, like there's no way to get around of get around of of him of him playing for a bad team. Like he's not gonna get drafted to the Steelers. He's not gonna get drafted to the Chiefs. He's not gonna get he's not gonna get drafted to those places. It's no way to get around it. And if he's as good as 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 we all say he is, is if if he's if he's as good, he'll live up to that. He he'll be able he'll be he'll somewhat be able to carry this this roster or whatever franchise he gets drafted to. Whatever franchise he gets drafted to, if he's as good as advertised, he'll be able to somewhat not 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 all the way, but somewhat carry the team. He'd be somewhat he'd he'd be somewhat able to carry the franchise. Look at Joe Burrow, because that, that was that was that was the that was the reasoning last year in the in this past draft with Joe Burrow. Everybody was you know down in Cincinnati. Yeah, Cincinnati, you know not the best history. They've gotten to a couple of Super Bowls. Um, they had Marvin Lewis. They they they've gone to the playoffs, but everybody was telling Joe Burrow stay away from Cincinnati. It's a hellhole. And yes, it doesn't have the best reputation, and their ownership is cheap. But the, Joe Burrow, he's running for his life every Saturday. I mean, every Sunday. But he's he's somewhat carrying the the, the Bengals, and he's light and he's lighting up the league. Joe Burrow's lighting up the league. Now he's not winning a lot of games, but he's lighting up the league. So Lawrence could do the same thing if you know, and you know, we we all think Lawrence is great. We he, he's the best, like we said, best prospects as Andrew Luck. We all think he's great. So I think he's good. He'd be fine. I think Lawrence would be fine, it, but I just don't think it's no way, you know, to avoid the bad teams because that's the reason why they're that's that's the, it's a reason why they're so high up in the draft. Because they're a bad team, and you're the best player in the draft, so obviously you're gonna go to a bad team. You're not gonna go to a good team, and I think he, I think he knows that. But you know, Jet fans, you know, if you're a Jets fan, don't worry, you're probably gonna get Trevor Lawrence. Don't worry. If you're a Jets fan, don't worry, you're probably gonna get Trevor Lawrence. I'm gonna move on to my Week Eight predictions, though. <clears throat> week Eight, my Week Eight predictions. Uh, let's get it. Okay, so my week eight predictions. Um, 
already stated, week eight is gonna be big. Let's just let's just go ahead and start from the top. Sunday, Sunday one o'clock game. This the game. This is probably gonna be the game of the week. Everybody's gonna be watching this game. The Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Now, surprisingly, the Ravens are four point favorites. Now, I, I'm, I'm I'm on the edge because I think Pittsburgh is the better team. I, I honestly, I think Pittsburgh is the better team. Um, I, I I feel mu- I feel I feel comfortable with Pittsburgh, but I'm gonna go with Baltimore. But I feel like I just I I just me, that's just is me personally, as you saw from my top ten. I think Pittsburgh's the better team, but looking at the looking at the circumstances, looking at the implications, if Lamar loses this game. There's gonna be some serious questions. Not and he's his, his job is not gonna be like no he his job security is fine, but it's gonna be some serious impl- It's gonna be some serious questions asked. Can he win the game? Can he win playoff games? Can he win a Super Bowl? So I'm gonna go with the Ravens. Um, these games are always pretty difficult to to pick because it's gonna be highly emotional. Like I said, huge implications on this game. I feel like. This game could count down the road. Um, so I feel like there's some huge implications. And it's a division rivalry. Steelers, Ravens, it's going to be physical. I, I, I'm going to go with the Ravens 20, 27-24. 27-24. Uh, even though I think Pittsburgh is the better team. I think Pittsburgh is the better team. But I, I, it's it's hard for me to see... The Ravens dropping this game. I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's just it seems like this is a must win for Baltimore. That's 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 what I'm getting. That for me personally, it's it's a must win for Baltimore. So 27-24 Baltimore. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are 20 point favorites uh, over the Jets. This game is at Arrowhead. It's gonna one. This is gonna be a one o'clock game. The the Chiefs are gonna win this game. Uh, I got I, I I got the Chiefs winning this game 30, 37, 37 to to seventeen. The Chiefs will win this game. Um, next game on the docket: the Tennessee Titans versus the Bengals. Six and a half point favorite. Uh, the Titans are. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the Titans. Uh, they're coming off an emotional loss last week. They were they were really really close. To beating Pittsburgh, or well, going into overtime, and you know they they had some momentum. They probably would have beat Pittsburgh in overtime, but I'm gonna go with the Titans to win this game. I think they bounce back versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati doesn't have much of an O line, uh, doesn't have much of a defense anyway. Uh, I'm gonna pick the Titans to win this game. I think they finish out Cincinnati. Uh, I'm gonna give it a final score of 31 to 20 of uh, to 20 to 24. 31-24. I do think Joe Burrow tries to keep it close, but I just think the Titans would be too good. Um, okay, this is another interesting game. Tua's first start, uh, the LA Rams versus the Miami Dolphins. The Rams are three point three and a half point favorites. Now I'm gonna tell you this. The Rams, once again, the Rams are coming off a big time prime time win. They're coming off a big time win. On Monday Night Football versus the Bears, the once again the Rams are traveling c- cross country to play the Dolphins. This Dolphins team, they're three and three. They had a bye week. Also, also in the in the Super Bowl where the Patriots shut down Jared Goff and Sean McVay. Guess who came up with that game plan? Brian Flores. Brian Flores is the Miami Dolphins head coach. He had a bye week. He had two weeks to get prepared for this particular game to his first start. I think the Dolphins win this game. I think the Dolphins pull the upset. And I'm going to go with a final score of 30 to 28. 30 to 28. Oh, well, no, excuse me. 28 to 26. I think the Dolphins they pull a late game winner. I think they I think the Dolphins are gonna win this game. That's my upset. That's one of my upsets. Um, the Indianapolis Colts versus the Detroit Lions. Um, 
the, you know what? The Lions, they, the, the Lions just keep pulling me wrong. Matt Patricia and the Lions. I'm not. I, you guys know I'm not a huge Matt Patricia guy. Um, I'm gonna take Indianapolis. I think Indianapolis. Their defense is, you know, pretty good, pretty solid. I'm gonna take Indianapolis to win this game. Not really sold on Detroit yet. Um, now if they win this game, that's that's pretty good. But I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the the, the Colts to win this game. I'm gonna go with a score of 27 to 20, 27 20 Colts. Um, another interesting game, another interesting division game, uh, the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are four-point favorites. Now, you would probably think this would, you would probably think the Bills would be higher, fa- you know, high, you know, higher favorites. You would think that you would think Vegas would give the Bills more points, but I'm gonna tell you this, New England defensively, um, no, New England can run the football. That is the strength of theirs. They have the fourth best rushed offense in the league. The last couple weeks, they've gotten away from running the football. Buffalo has struggled to stop the run. I'm going to take Buffalo to win this game because I think New England, it's going to be very difficult for New England to find some type of offense outside of the run game, Um, especially with no Julian Edelman. But I... It's going to be rainy. The weather's going to be a, the weather's going to play an impact in this game, I think. But I'm going to take the Bills to win this game 30. I'm going to say I'm going to say 30 to 21 Bills. Uh I I feel confident about this one. I feel I feel pretty confident about this one. It's time for the Bills to take over. Okay. So, we got a number 1 o'clock game, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are two and a half point favorites now. Once again, Baker, this is his time. This is Baker Mayfield's time to light up a bad defense. The Raiders don't have a don't they they protect they don't have a really good defense. Their defense is not good. So this is this would be the time for Baker to exploit this defense. Now, I'm gonna go with the Raiders in a close one though. I'm gonna go with the Raiders in a close one. I'm gonna say the Raiders beat the Browns 33 to 33 to 30 33-30 Raiders. Um okay, another one o'clock game, the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. This is at Lambeau Field. I'm gonna take the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, he's he he's made a career, he's made a living off of torching Minnesota. Um I think he has the most out of all the teams. He has the most touchdown passes versus Minnesota. So he's he, he you know he's made a living off of torching Minnesota. Minnesota defensively, young secondary. I'm gonna take the Packers to win this game. Uh, I, think, I think it's gonna be pretty high scoring. Uh, actually, I'm gonna take the Packers to win this game, 34-28. Um, four o'clock game: the L.A. Chargers versus the Denver Broncos. The Chargers are three and a half point favorites. Chargers are playing some really. They, the Chargers have they have lost a lot of close games. Um, their record is not really indicative on what kind of team they have as far as like talent wise, but they've just lost a lot of close games. Rookie quarterback, but Justin Herbert is he's been playing really well, and he's a he's going to be an emerging star, um, maybe an emerging superstar. He's that good. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chargers to win this game. I just don't think the Broncos will be able to pull up the pull off the upset. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Chargers to win this game, twenty seven to twenty eight. Um, four o'clock game. This is another big game. Four o'clock game. The New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. Now I feel like we're we're spending a lot of time on this Baltimore and Steelers matchup. Um, New England and Buffalo. But I don't think we're talking enough about this game. I don't think we're talking enough about this Chicago Bears and New Orleans Saints. Because both because the Bears are coming off a terrible Monday night loss. And the Saints are going into... Historically, Drew Brees has not been the same quarterback outdoors. Especially in, 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 especially in a climate like Chicago. I think I think it's going to be mid thirties. It's going to be windy. Um, Drew Brees is a older quarterback 
with a weak arm, an older quarterback with you know that that doesn't have the strongest arm. This this game will really show me if the Saints are legit playoff or or I shouldn't say playoff contenders, but legit Super Bowl contenders. I think this game is gonna this this game is gonna show me if the Saints are legit Super Bowl contenders. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to take the Bears to win this game because I saw the Bears versus Tom Brady and the Buccaneers just completely rattle Tom Brady in the pocket with that pass rush. And I think it's going to be a similar sight in a similar sight on Sunday versus the Ju- versus the Saints in um, Drew Brees. Similar sight, older quarterback, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. I'm going to take the Bears pass rush and the Bears to win this game. Uh, I'm going to go with a score of 24 to 20. Um, okay, another game. Another 4 o'clock game on the dot. Another 4 o'clock game. The San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are three-point favorites. Now, I always say this. Seattle's coming off a tough loss on Sunday Night Football versus the Cardinals. The, the 49ers are coming off a really good a really good win versus New England. Seattle, I, I'm, I'm choosing Seattle to win this game. I think at some point, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is a great coach. But I think at some points, the injuries catch up. And it's just a lot. It's just too The 49ers are just, they're just missing too many impactful marquee players due to injury. They're missing a lot of. I mean, they're just missing too many guys. I'm set, I'm suspect of this Seattle defense, and Jimmy Garoppolo could have a big day, but I'm gonna go with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Um, I think they understand the urgency factor of that loss. You don't want to take two two back to back divisional losses. I'm gonna take Seattle to win this game. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. I'm going to take Seattle to win 30, 37. No, excuse me. No, 34 at the bone score. 34 to 27, 34, 27 Seattle. Okay, Philadelphia, they're 10-point favorites on Sunday, on Sunday Night Football versus the Cowboys. I'm going to take Philadelphia. I, I'm just not choosing the Cowboys. I'm just not. Um, I, I, last week I went with my heart last week. I should have chose Washington. I, 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 I actually, I did choose Washington, but then I said, you know what? I'm going to go with my heart and choose Dallas, but Dallas, I, I, they're soft. They're a bad football team. They're bad offensively. They're bad defensively. They can't protect. They can't protect the quarterback. Zeke is not looking like Zeke. I'm going to take Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, I think he should have a pretty good game versus this this Cowboys defense. Um, I'm gonna take Carson Wentz to win this game. I think it's gonna be ugly. I'm gonna say 27 to 17 uh, Eagles. 27 to 17 Eagles. Um, and then Monday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Giants. The Bucks are 12 and a half point favorites. I'm gonna take the Bucks to win this game. This is at MetLife. Um, Brady has had. Um, some bad games versus the Giants <laughs> uh, in the Super Bowl, but these are not. This is not. These are not the same Giants uh, from those years. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. I think they're gonna win this game. This is this this. You know, I've been hearing MVP talk for Brady. I'm not so sold about that, but this would be the perfect platform and the perfect team to you know boost the numbers up a little bit. Versus the Giants, I'm gonna take the Buccaneers to win. Uh, let's say uh, let's let, let's let's go with a score of thirty of thirty four, um, thirty four to twenty. The the Buccaneers offense have been clicking. I think it's gonna continue to click, even though they're missing Chris Godwin. But um, those are my Week Eight predictions, and I'm gonna get you guys out of here. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Um, next week we're gonna have a a guest. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a guest talk some football next week, so that should be pretty interesting. I'm not gonna tell you guys who it is. I'm gonna let you guys wait. I'm gonna let you guys, let that marinate a little bit. Um, but you guys will see. I'm gonna have a guest next week. 
Um, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff. Good stuff. He's really good. Trust me. Really good. Trust me. He's really good. But without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Um, enjoy the weekend. Oh, um, you guys are doing a great job with clicking whatever DSPs you guys use. Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Apple Podcasts. Continue to use whatever DSPs you guys use. I'm sorry if I did not mention a, you know, a DSP that you that you are using. And if if I did not mention it, continue to use it. Um, but without further ado, always remember two choices, one decision, and I am out. Peace, deuces, gone.